Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Hebrews chapter 10, I'm reading verses 23 through 25. Let us, that means you and me, us, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Stir up those love, that love and those good works. Stir it up. Verse 25 says we do this by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. The Apostle Paul was writing here telling us uh, that we need to, number one, be faithful to the church services, to assembling ourselves together, and not less, as is the uh, direction our nation is going and our world is going, but even more so, as you see the day approaching, we need to be in the house of church. And welcome back to church. That's the sermon title today, Back to Church. Welcome everyone back to church. If you're here for your first time, we welcome you and we hope it's not your, we pray it's not your last time. Amen. There was a, there was a time, you know, in America when the church service and the church itself was the focal point of a community's culture and their calendar events. In fact, family lives were centered around church activity and what the church was doing. And families would actually make it a priority to attend church services and all of, all of the functions that were going on. Uh, every time the door, church's doors were open, people were at church for whatever reason it might be. And in many cases, back in the day, in many cases, it was several times a week, sometimes only one night off a week. Sometimes revivalists uh, would come in and, and churches would have a revival, had revival meetings. And for weeks upon weeks, they would hold church every night of the week and take just one night off to take care of family business. And people went every night of the week, week after week, and brought in friends and families. And we called them revival meetings. And the churches got packed out and new people got added in. And they did this over and over. Every time the doors were open, people went to church. But my, have times changed. There's an old song, the times they are a-changing. Times have changed because the majority the majority of Americans no longer attend church on a weekly basis. The majority. We are the minority. If you come to church every week, you're the minority. Can you believe that? The majority of people no longer attend church on a weekly basis. And are you ready for this statistic? Many people who proclaim to be practicing Christians go to church on average of one time per month. One time per month, and they consider themselves practicing Christians, faithful believing Christians, and only go to church one time per month. And there are many reasons why there's a decline in church attendance, um, uh, which include, number one, we, we live stream now. 
Who needs to go to church when we can sit in our living rooms and watch it? I'm going to explain to you at the end of my sermon why you need to be in church and not sit home and watch it. But that's, that's coming. That's called a hook. That keeps you here until I get to my ending. Praise God. Songwriter wrote and said, the times, they are a-changing. <laughs> Can you say amen? We have got now uh, the availability of so many other things. Number one, you can watch church online at your convenience because we are now at the place where other activities and events are now being scheduled for Sunday morning because people have Sunday mornings off from school events to, to soccer practice to hockey games to baseball games to children's, who knows what all of our kids are into, and many of those things are now scheduled on Sunday mornings, and people are choosing to do these things rather than frequent the house of God because they can always go back at their convenience and watch the service online, which doesn't cut it, by the way. And there's more and more of an increase of a secular mindset for many Americans. The church, let me tell you, and the church attendance, and here's the, here's the issue. Church attendance was God's idea. Did you hear me? That was God's idea. God wrote in his book to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. This is God's idea that we come to church. So no matter how progressive we become, and no matter how many good ideas we come up with, it is not our idea to start going to church and therefore we can change it because something better is happening. It was God's idea, and to this day, he has not changed his mind. The church and church attendance was his idea. In fact, he wrote to us that he knew a time like this was coming. And that's why he put in the word, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is. And just because others are doing it doesn't mean I'm going to. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we must do our part to not allow the gates of hell to prevail against the church by abandoning it. When the doors are open, I will be here. And on the rare occasion, for one reason or another, I can't make it. Mark it down. That will be the exception and not the rule. Praise God. We must not let the gates of hell prevail by allowing ourselves to abandon church attendance. And is it just a coincidence that as church attendance dwindled over the years, that crime, broken homes, broken lives, broken societies, and broken families increased? I don't think that's a coincidence. I think the old saying that says the family that prays together stays together is still a real saying. Yes. 
And if you think abandoning church to gain more of this world's goods is the answer to your happiness and your peace, then please explain to me why Bill Gates has just finalized a divorce from his wife, yet another broken family among the rich and the famous. I'm telling you that it is not power, it is not fame, it is not money that will make you happy. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. And I will not put anything before serving my God. Praise God. God's word instructs us to be involved with church. Not just attend a church. Ah. God's word instructs us to be involved with church. Some people think because they came and kept a chair warm, they did their part. God doesn't have dead weight in his church. He's got a use for every member of his body. Can you say amen? I can't think of a single body part of mine that I'm willing to let go of. I mostly write with my right hand. I don't really need the left. Who's going to hold the nail when you're swinging the hammer? (laughs) The hammer gets all the credit for pounding that nail in, but without someone holding it. Huh? The preacher gets all the credit for building a church, but without the people. Huh? Joe will get all the credit for the great nursery down there, but without somebody helping him out swinging hammers and, and moving saws, does anything get done? We need to be invo- not just involved in church and not just, in, uh, not just attend church, but we need to be involved in church. There was a saying I, uh, I read uh, years ago now, and it ha- I've used it so many times to help me through uh, various circumstances. And it simply said this. It said, wherever you are, be there. Now, that sounds like, well, of course you're there. No, you might not be. How many times have you sat in church, and while church is going on, you were somewhere else thinking, man, i got to do this tomorrow. Let's see. Oh, it's Tuesday. This guy, i got to go to the doctor. Too. I hope everything's going to be all right. How many times have you sat in the house of God, and you were somewhere else? And this never hit home so much as when I was, uh, a couple of years back now, I was, we were having some um, um, legal uh, situation going on with the church. And I, had to, I had to fix some things, not fix things like they were broken, but get some things in order. And we were reapplying for loans and getting all this stuff together, which incidentally, God blessed us with that. But at any rate, it was all on my mind and always heavy on me. And I had my grandson Isaac in the car with me. We were driving out of this very parking lot. And as I was driving through the parking lot, I'm with my grandson going on a hike in the Adirondacks on a trail, and while I'm with my grandson, my brain is somewhere else thinking about, okay, who can I get to do this, and how's this going to work out, and I, is this ever going to work, and what about this, and, and all of a sudden it hit me as I was getting ready to pull out on, on, uh, on Broadway, that saying came back to me, wherever you are, be there, and I thought, I am right now with my grandson going on a hike, and that's where I'm going to be, I'm going to focus on him, I'm going to give them my attention to him, because those issues will be there when I get back, wherever you are, be there. But how many times do we come into the house of God, and we're supposed to be here, focused on Jesus, and worshiping God, but we're thinking, what's going to happen tomorrow, what am I going to do on Tuesday, and I got this coming up, and what happened yesterday, all this took place, and we went through the whole service, and missed what God was doing, because we were are not really there. 
Can you say amen? amen? Don't be in church thinking about what you're going to do later. Here's what you should be doing when you're in church. If you want to think about anything, think about this verse 24 that says, to consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. When you're in church, my friend, you got a job to do. What's your job? Look for somebody to smile at and lift their spirits. Sometimes we come to church thinking, oh man, do I ever need a church service? I need help. I got this wrong. I got that wrong. I need, uh, this is going wrong on my life. God's got to touch me. God's got to help me. I wonder if God wouldn't help you more if you spent more time wondering who you can help. Give, and it will be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. Consider one another in order to stir up. What would happen to Maranatha if every one of us walked through those back doors wondering, who can I smile at today? Who can I make feel good today about being in church? Who's coming through the door and looks like they've had a hot, hard week and I can lift their spirit? Is there somebody that I can shake their hand and say, it's so good to see you and make them feel better? What if we all had that feeling about one another and came in here and started stirring up love and good works? What if that happened? What would Maranatha be like if everybody had that mind? Who can I be a blessing to today? Who can I bless? Who can I smile at? Who can I fill in the blank? Who can I encourage? Can you say amen? We live at a time where social media keeps people content with socializing from afar. And I'm going to tell you one of the reasons I believe that is, is because they really don't have to actively be involved. You can see somebody's business, you can read about their life, and you can even type in a little note and say, good for you. Or if you're really lazy, just click the little like arrow, the little like thumb. Let them know you read it and you liked it, but you're too lazy to say, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm telling on myself, I never, I never write. I never, I never write anything. I just give a little thumbs up. That's, that's as far as I'm going. Because if I say it wrong, it's forever recorded and you will forever hold it against me. So it's easier just to like it and move on. <laughs> But my friend, we can't let social life, social uh, media affect our real life and our real media. We need to be able to touch one another and smile at one another so that if I do come across wrong and say something wrong, I can look you right in the eye at that moment and say, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. And I've had to do that a lot because my mouth says some stupid things sometimes. But I'm willing to make the mistake and tell you I'm sorry than to do nothing to help anybody. I'd rather be wrong trying than to be right and do nothing. Church is a place, and we need to understand this, this is not a place to come and be filled and fed. You will be filled and fed, but that's not why we come here. That's one of the, that's one of the things Jesus does for us for showing up, but it needs to be the place where we can practice our God-given spiritual talents with one another because every single one of us has one. And if you don't believe me, 
Read through Romans chapter 12, read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and the Bible will tell you specifically that every one of us has, give, has been given a gift to, to use in God's kingdom. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, here's what the apostle said. I'll just read a couple of verses here. There are diversities of gifts. That means all kinds of different kinds of gifts, but it's the same spirit. You see, God gets the glory. What beautiful music we heard. What beautiful singers we have, huh? What beautiful voices. But I got to tell you something. As much as I love the voices and as much as I love the piano playing and as much as I love it, you know what it made me want to do? It made me want to worship Him. And that's what it should do. It should inspire us to worship Him. And thank you for that attitude of, of being up here, not to entertain and not to draw glory to ourselves, but to lift up Jesus. Praise God. There are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. And there are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. And just because you don't have the gift that someone else has, and you wish you could have their job, and their job gets more credit than your job, who cares about that, my friend? My thumb gets more credit than my pinky finger, and my hand gets more credit than my left foot, but I'm not ready to get the left foot rid of it. I'm not ready to kick it. There are differences of ministries but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities but the same God who works all in all. But the, are you ready for this? The manifestation of the Spirit is given for each one for the profit of all. It wasn't given to you for your glory. It wasn't given you so you can stick your chest out and say, boy, am I ever used by God. Hey, everybody, look at me. Hey, everybody, look what I did. Look at what I accomplished. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. People came and painted yesterday. It wasn't so, and I did give them credit, but it's not so we can show up and say, hey, look at so-and-so. Look at what a good painter. Oh, no. You know why they did it? So when a visitor walks up, they say, wow, this place looks good. They don't know who did it. It doesn't matter who did it. It's for the profit of all. It's for the good of all. You ready? It is given to each one for the profit of all. Now let's start wrapping this up with this concept of back to church Sunday. Because I want to ask you something. If you've been given a gift by God to benefit others with, how do you use that and by not coming to church. Huh? You're supposed to be using it to bless God's family. How are you doing that sitting home? Someone might have walked through those doors that very morning that needed your smile, that needed the words you had to say, because you say it differently than I say it. Someone might have needed your handshake. Someone might have needed to see the pain in your eyes and know if they're going through it and they're still here, I can make it too. They, somebody needs you. You. And now I'm going to close. And I'm going to bring this right down to some simple understanding of why coming to church is so important. And I promise you, every parent and every grandparent in this building will understand what I'm talking about. And if you're not a grandparent or a parent, just imagine 
if it was you. What if your son, your daughter, or your grandchild was in a school concert and your son or grandson or daughter or granddaughter had a lead role and was going to sing a solo. And the time came for the solo to be sung. And your loved child steps up to sing his or her part and picks up the mic and goes to sing and there's nobody in the seats. Why aren't there anybody in the seats? Uh, because we're live streaming the production today and they're all home watching you online. How's that feel? Now you're the mom, you're the dad, you're the grandfather, you're sitting there, that's my grandson. You look around, there's nobody there. They're all home sipping coffee with their, with their feet on the, on the hassock, uh, leaning back on the recliner, watching it on YouTube. Does that cut it? Don't you want your child to get done and an auditorium that seats a thousand stand and clap and shout and make that kid feel like a million bucks because they just did a, a song? On, don't you want everybody to be there and see that and experience that and show appreciation for the work that your child put in to that production? But the stadium holds a thousand and there's only 25 people in it. There's three there, there's one back there, there's five over there, and that's it. And then you got a couple of empty hand claps in the back, and that kid's supposed to feel good about that? Listen to me. Of all of the performances ever performed by any child anywhere, any song, any piano piece, any guitar piece, whatever it was that a child was doing that performed for people, never, ever in the history of humanity has there been a greater performance than when Jesus crawled up Calvary's hill and laid his life down for you and me. Never in the history of all history has there ever been a greater performance than that performance. And if there was ever a time to get off the... Now listen, if your kid sang and you were there clapping for him, you might go home and watch it on YouTube again later. But you're not going to sit there with your feet up while your grandchild's singing, saying, I was too lazy to come out and see it live when I could see it online. You get where I'm going with this? My friend, never has there been a greater demonstration of love and mercy and compassion than when Jesus climbed up Calvary's hill. And he is in this place today. He is here today. He is in his house 
He has come to stand before us. Is it any wonder that the psalmist wrote and he said, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty firmament, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness. With the sound of a trumpet, with the psaltery and harp, with the stringed instruments and the organs, with the cymbals and the loud sounding cymbals, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. I don't think he meant sit home in your living room and do it by yourself. I think he meant come out to the house of God. That's why David said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. The performance that's ready to take place is something like you've never seen before. Your broken lives are going to be put back together. Broken hearts are going to be mended. People that were blinded to the truth will begin to see. People's lives that had no meaning will take on new I'm not going to leave the chairs empty, my friend. When the doors are open, I will be here live to sing the praises to my God and to give him the glory that he deserves as much as I would want that for my grandchildren. I want it even more for my master. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.